Hi there, this is Cindy Tonkin. I'm the Consultants Consultant. I work with data science teams, helping them work even smarter, faster and nicer. If you're brilliant and you want to be even better, this is the podcast for you. This is Cindy Tonkin. You're listening to Smarter Data People. Today's guest is David Scott. If you want to make a difference with the data that you are playing with, uh, then listening to David Scott will be interesting because what he's doing is building capability to make essentially traffic on our roads in New South Wales better. Uh, Listen in. You'll find some interesting things. My guest today is uh, the amazing David Scott. We're going to push the microphone closer to him and further away from me. Uh, and uh, David, uh, well, you can tell me about yourself, David. What, what are you doing in analytics right now? So right now I'm Director of Network and Asset Intelligence within Roads and Maritime, uh, so working for the New South Wales State Government. Mm-hmm. Um, my role is leading a group of analysts um, who effectively analyse roads performance and deliver recommendations to help improve customer experience on the state roads. So essentially traffic, making traffic better? That's the idea, yeah. So, <laughs> so we analyse traffic patterns, um, we, we do perform analytics, um, we do a lot of traffic modelling and from there we deliver recommendations on um, planning decisions we can make to, to improve, um, I guess, you know, the experience that people have on roads. And you're essentially building a new capability here, right? This yeah, is, so this it's is everything. not something that had been necessarily done before at RNS. I think so. It's been done before. Um, I guess uh, as a bit of a pilot. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so part of my role here is creating an enterprise capability. So introducing, um, uh, I guess, scale. So having the right number of people to meet business demand, um, building better systems, um, introducing better processes, mm-hmm. and really You've introduced um, sorry, agile just in the last how long? It's on the last well, probably about nine months. We've mm-hmm. we've been running agile now, mm-hmm. um, which is which is definitely a really interesting approach in government. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think you know I can say. Without exception, people are really excited about Agile within government and I think they see a lot of benefits. What are the benefits that you see or that they tell you? I think the collaboration definitely definitely improves. So I think, um, you know, in a traditional um, organisational model, uh, you tend to get a really siloed environment where people kind of get stuck doing the same thing day in, day out. Um, so Agile within, within Roads and Maritime has, has really empowered people to be able to um, better share their work across a number of people, so not all the pressure is on one individual to deliver value. Um, it's drive, driven a lot of collaboration, so um, I guess people are sharing a lot more. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's that's a that's a nice nurturing environment to be in. Yeah. 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 Definitely. Especially when people, all of these people, would have their own expertise, um, and if you don't have a, a platform for sharing that, yeah. it makes it harder to kind of leverage that. Well, that's the most exciting part. I think that there's there's a number of people here who have been here for 15, 20 years and never really had support from their colleagues to be able to manage the highs and lows of, of any mm-hmm. job. And so I think um, uh, they, they've definitely given me feedback 
and, you know, sort of really highlighted that they feel like they've got a new lease on life, you know, they're oh, learning wow. new things, they feel like feel they've good. got great support. Yeah. yeah, I think it's good. And it's actually, it's really rewarding to see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. As a leader, it's kind of nice to know you ha- you're having an effect that you can not only measure but see. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's cool. Excellent. Now, I just asked you this question before and I'm going to ask you to grin. Where did, where did you grow up, David? <laughs> so, I, so I grew up in the US, uh-huh. um, in Minnesota. He won't play his Minnesota accent for us, though. <laughs> no, I'm not doing it. <laughs> and you yeah. ca- So you grew up in, in Minnesota. You went to parts of high school in Nearly Minnesota. all my high schooling was in Minnesota, yeah, yeah, so until year 12. Yeah. And then um, what happened? And then I came back to Australia, um, did a little bit of schooling here and then decided it wasn't for me. Um, and, and did a number of jobs working in retail and then went into call centres and um, and then got into workforce planning and then analytics mm-hmm. and pretty much so that's where I stayed. So you've come through a business to analytics, which makes you probably a little bit more context-sensitive than some analysts maybe who've come straight through by just doing numbers. You've come through the business to know what the business needs. Is that, yeah, is that so, true for you? Well, yeah, to a certain extent. So... And I was really fortunate to work in a call centre, um, which which happened to have a really quite a strong um, leader that was focused on operational efficiency, um, and he was really good at Microsoft Access. So <laughs> Microsoft <laughs> Access, well, he must be a data analyst. <laughs> well, it was a good, it was it was definitely a good start, I think, for anyone. Oh, it was a big thing. How, yeah. how long ago was that? I was in the nineties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So nineties, nineties, ninety-eight, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Um, but but it was definitely you know. My gateway drug. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> Once you realise you can control the universe from a computer, you can't yeah, go back. Yeah, and then from there, you know, I ended up going to ING Direct where um, I think that was really the foundation mm. knowledge for me. So I started to learn things like SQL, um, all the BI tools, um, SAS, modelling, all that sort of stuff. Mm. Yeah. Cool. Um, so what are, your, what are you, your productivity hacks? How do you make your day work smarter, faster, nicer? What do you do? Well, I mean, we've already spoken about Agile. I think Agile, for me, um, I guess I really love it um, because it kind of, like it, it creates a shared language for the way I probably like to work mm-hmm. before I knew Agile was a thing. Right. Um, I think that, you know, you sort of, as a leader, you go through a bit of a journey. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think my focus has definitely shift away, shifted away from being the um, technical expert to really focusing on actions I can take to mm-hmm. improve the, the daily lives of my team. Right. Um, so... It's so, kind of the natural progression for a leader, right? Well, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. So, so my focus here is on... I guess trying to work through what are the big big ticket items um, and problems that we need need to address for for the organisation um, to make analytics easier for people on the floor. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I guess you know in terms of productivity, I probably um, I really focus on making sure I'm not getting bogged down in execution ah, and, and okay. yeah, laser yeah. focused on. How on do you do that? What's the what's the how do you check yourself? I think I think everything that comes to me. I think the first thing I, I ask myself is, um, am I the right person to be oh, no, <laughs> solving this nice. problem? Yeah, rule of thumb. Am yeah. I the right person? I yeah. think the second thing is 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 the action that I'm going to take going to make a difference mm-hmm. to the people on the, in the team or the organisation? It's just going to make me feel good. Sometimes yeah. I just have to do things because I need to be in control. That's right. <laughs> yeah. So I think um, 
I think, you know, for me it's really about trying to focus all my efforts on the big rocks. Yeah. Um, and the things that are, are going to make a difference. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you're, you may not be recruiting data scientists right now and you have recruited in the past. Yeah. What are the things you look for in a data scientist or a data analyst, whatever you'd like to call them, machine learning, blah, 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 blah any of the buzzwords? Yeah. The people that yeah. come into your team. I think I look for, I mean, I really... Um, I think it's important to have some humility. Okay. Um, so, so I really um, like to find people who, I guess, are not caught up in the hype of analytics okay. and data science. Yeah. I think that the, the role is about delivering business value yes. um, or improving customer outcomes or improving customer experience. Mm-hmm. And so, so everyone, um, so I'm involved in every single recruitment decision that happens within my group, I'm involved in all of those conversations um, at the final stage. And what I'm really looking for is people who um, who, who can come in um, and they will prioritise, I guess, supporting their colleagues first and foremost, um, but also having, you know, the humility and, and the empathy to, to be able to work with people who might not get the tech mm-hmm. um, or, or understand a lot of the concepts around stats and... How do you how do you test for that in the interview environment? Because that's the tricky thing. People, some people give great interview, but aren't great necessarily outside of the. I have no idea, and you sometimes I get it wrong. Oh, right, so it's kind of like I don't think it's there's no there's no, no hard and fast. You, hard and fast yeah. you know, but sometimes you pick up on things and you think you know we're just not not everyone gets along, and yeah. I guess I I pick up on things and I think well, you know, I guess if people aren't comfortable prioritising supporting their colleagues and some people aren't and I've had people say to me, you know, I perform best by just being left alone, then, you know, it makes it a pretty easy conversation. Because the way you're doing Agile is not going to work for them. That's right. Yeah, Yeah, but, I mean, it's not just Agile. I mean, I sort of had that. um, It's your way. Yeah, the way that that I really um, like to build the team is a team that can support each other. Mm -hmm. Yeah. what about your daily routines? How do you run your day? What t- Take me from the beginning of the day to the end of the day, typically, and you don't have to tell us anything private, but, you know, like you, what time do you wake up? How do you get to work? What? So, I mean, I've got quite a long commute to work, so, so generally I'm in the car for at least an hour and a half, if wow. not an hour and three quarters. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll spend that time um, catching up on phone calls and things okay. like that. So I'll speak to people. Um, either on my way to work or on the way home. And people, work people, or just generally network people? What is it? It's a bit of everything, are your, yeah. Are your team working from 7 in the morning when you first call them? No, but they know they can call me at 7 in the oh, morning. Oh, so they call you? Yeah. So <gasps> if, there's a, if, there, if somebody needs help, then they always know they can get me before 9 o'clock in the car. Because the RMS environment, some people will be starting it. 6.37. Yeah, it's very flexible. So we've got people starting at all different times. Yeah. Um, and and so my leadership they know your team. open door is Absolutely. Between. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, so more often than not, from 8 till 9, I'm on the phone with people here at work. Right. Just working through various challenges as yeah. they as they happen. Um, then, then I'll arrive here and I, I guess my routine is to try to walk to the floor and say hello to everyone okay. which I know sounds like a really small thing but, but I think management by walking around is one of the best tools anyone's yeah. ever invented yeah I think it's good just to say hello to everybody mm-hmm. um, kick start the day my team my leadership team has a daily stand up at 9.15 right. so, so that's a great opportunity for us to 
talk about the previous day's challenges, work through any issues, um, plan for the day, what we're going to do, and I guess I guess address any of the any of the big issues that we might have at any one point. Mm-hmm. If you haven't done it by telephone prior to work starting work. Yeah, well, I mean, the, the benefit of having the daily stand up is that I guess people are constantly sharing where they're at. Yes, communication. What the big issues is, are. Yeah. Is key, yeah, and that's absolutely. what that does. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then from there, you know, some days I'm in, I'm in meetings pretty much for the rest of the day. Not my favourite days, but, but a lot of the other days is, you know, a bit of a mix of meetings and then, you know, I guess just working with people. Um, I guess my days of executing and being the hands-on problem solver are kind of, they're not over, but I, I spend a lot less time um, yeah. working in isolation and a lot more time, I guess, trying to coach people. Yeah, yeah. Um, Do you miss having that? problem solving thing or is it a different kind of problem solving it's a different kind of problem solving so you're still using that brain muscle yeah yeah well it's harder i think my biggest challenge right now is is ensuring that i'm not just giving people solutions but i'm working through and really challenging people to Mm. think through the various options and then um weigh up the pros and cons of those options and make a really viable recommendation it's sometimes hard because it, it requires the leader to parse how they even make a decision in the first place to get yeah. to the answer and sometimes we don't know how we thought yeah. it. So, yeah, 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 it's a constant, like, how, did I, how do I do that thinking? Yeah, it's hard. I don't think I get it right all the time. I mean, I could actually have got lots of people that can tell you I don't. Right. Um, but I do think that, you know, when you're leading larger teams, you can't afford to be the one that's constantly got all the answers. No. And what ballpark number, how many people in your team or greater team so we've got about 50 permanents here now. Yeah, plus that's way too many for you to even... No, yeah, you can't, yeah. 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 And I think contractors, we, we've got quite a few contractors here helping us, given that we're making such significant changes mm-hmm. um, and trying to drive a big transition from, you know, quite a um, fragmented sort of business model to one that's really focused on delivering good quality, enterprise-grade analytics. Yeah, yeah. Um, we've, yeah, we've got a lot of support here at the moment. That's so I fabulous. think our actual headcount might be closer to 60 or 70. Yeah. Great. Yeah, yeah. But too many for you to actually know yeah, exactly what anyone's definitely. doing yeah. at any one time. You can't know all 60 people's agendas. No, no, but I think, you know, the, but the benefit of, like, you know, I, I don't want to make this an agile conversation. No, no, but I'm happy to make it an agile conversation if that's the thing that's making the biggest difference. Yeah, we've got, a, we've got a standard process. So, so... Every single process goes through a, uh, um, sorry, every single request will go through a standard process. So we've got a very good idea of what the backlog of work is. Mm-hmm. Um, and then each individual scrum manages their own, um, I guess, priorities um, with, their, with their business stakeholders. So, you know, we do have a great mm. um, idea of what's happening. And you can see it because it's on boards, on post-its. Well, yeah, and and, and 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 we we do a show and tell every two weeks. So you know so we you have s- a regular check in, give the team a chance to present the work they're doing, mm. celebrate the success the team's achieving. So it's yeah, it's good. So I always ask people this: How many emails in your inbox? Are you an inbox zero kind of person? Are you a I won't open it, but I know what's in it? I had twenty nine when I came. Twenty nine. Oh, that's good. Don't worry, that's good. Yeah, that's fabulous. Yeah. So compared to some of the between twenty five and seventy thousand, I've heard people tell me so yeah. far. that's pretty impressive. That's yeah. pretty good. I try to keep it at zero. I think that if I'm out of the office for a day, it goes probably up in the hundreds. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a. It's so a, you're getting several hundred a day. 
I would get at least 100 a day. Yeah. Yeah. And you essentially, when do you do those? Not in the mornings because you're driving in and talking mm. and not at 9.15 because you're at a stand-up. So yeah. when do you get time to... At the end of the day, generally, I'll crush through a lot. Okay. And um, end of the day is what kind of time? Oh, it's, it depends. I mean, I, I guess <laughs> I like to have a very balanced... Um, mm-hmm. Engagement with work. So, you know, I'm, I'm arriving here at 8.30, 9 o'clock. Mm-hmm. I'm generally out between 5.30 and 6. Yeah. So I'll use anywhere from 4 till 5.30 to do emails. Right. Um, it's the, uh, yeah. at the end of the day, anything that hasn't been cleared out of the inbox. Yeah. Either you just didn't get to it or yeah. it wasn't important. And I carry stuff over. So, like, I've got yeah. 27. I can, I can absolutely... Um, confirm that at least 15 or 20 of them are things that I need to do and so I'll carry that over for a couple of days and then have a big block of time where I'll focus on. And do you write a to-do list as well? Do you yes. have a little to-do list? Pa- yeah. Paper? Paper. Uh, electronic? Paper? Yeah, definitely paper. Do you love the ticking off experience? I just scribble, scribble it out. Yeah. yeah. I'll scribble it out. Okay, yeah. excellent. And what do you do with the, the book after? Do you just... I have just one go? notebook that I just write here, actually. I just carry it everywhere That's I go. Great. And That's great. Yeah. yeah. And you just tear out the pages you don't need? Or? No, no, I keep them so I can look back and think and see all the things I've finished. Oh, really? <laughs> cool. Yeah. There's yeah. supposed to be some adrenaline, like some, sorry, some endorphin hits in there. Looking yeah. back and going, oh, look, a year ago yeah. I was doing this. Now I'm not doing that. Oh, I'm still doing it, but I'm, I'm committed to doing it. Well, sometimes... You know, like sometimes I go off the rails with my organisational skills and I don't write things down. Like I'll go for a few days or even actually sometimes it's a week. Yeah, yeah. You fall off the wagon. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then I look at them and I realise I haven't written anything down and that's generally the source of my problems is just not writing (laughs) things down. I'm feeling out of control. Yeah. Just write it down. Nice. (laughs) Nice nice recipe for getting rid of overwhelm. Yeah. Um, So what about professional development? What do you do? What do you listen to? What do you read? How do you do? You network? Do you? What do you do to keep up to date with stuff, ideas, ways of working? I think. I mean, I I get a lot of feedback from the team. Mm-hmm. Um, so at uh, this stage in your team development, that's probably exactly what yeah. you're focusing on. So I have a I have a meeting with every person within my group at least twice a year. Right. So they've got a half hour. We focus on. So half of the meeting is about um, development plans, so making sure that every person in my group has got a development plan Mm -hmm. and that we review how we're tracking towards it. And the second half of the discussion is um, how we're performing as a a group Mm -hmm. and um, feedback from me in terms of things that I should be doing differently, Mm -hmm. Um, uh, things they really like. So so that's that's probably, that's a large part of my focus right now is because I guess my focus, my priority is on building that ecosystem. Yes. Um, so where, you support the development. Yeah. Yeah, and, and driving innovation and giving people, I guess, permission to, to you know, achieve great outcomes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so there's that. I think um, I've had a lot of coaching um, recently. Mm-hmm. I mean, and what's so the benefit re- of coaching for you? What's what's it given you? Think, or helped you do? So it helps. It helped me understand how I interacted with people, mm-hmm. and some of the. Um, habits that I'd formed over a really long time that I that I and I guess it's helped me better understand my interaction with people um, and how I work through difficult scenarios which was oh interesting so you're basically reflecting on your own patterns and how that helps or yeah yeah yeah. so I mean there's a real simple really simple concept which is called transaction analysis Mm -hmm. Um, and it really helps to understand you know the roles that you take in communication so and how you respond. Child. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It's good, right? It's, yeah. Yeah. yeah it's, it's great. Oh, it's, it's like, oh, I didn't realise I was doing that. Yeah. 
yeah. now I'm doing myself again. Yeah, yeah. So it was so, a, the art of tennis. No, there was a book called. I'll find the book. I'll I don't like, know. I'll yeah, to there you go. I don't know what the book was. I, I just know that I've, the YouTube video is very good. I think you did very yeah. good. I'll find it. It was a three-part series. I can't remember his name, but it's very good. Very good. Okay. Um, so so that, there's also, you know, um, I guess with my leadership team doing uh, development together to try to build the, mm-hmm. um, I guess, the common language between us in terms of how we... I guess, identify and respond to issues, but also communicate to resolve problems. So what kind of topics do you do development with them on? Uh, so last week we did part one of LSI. Oh, okay. That's beautiful. Yeah. yeah, that's leadership styles inventory. I'll link to it. Yeah. And then I think in the next couple of weeks we're doing management 3.0. Okay. And what's management 3.0? I don't know. You don't know yet. <laughs> I don't know. So, yet. so is it someone in the team is doing it, or you're bringing in external resources? Or We're going to an external external course. It was recommended by um, somebody in my leadership team. Okay. Um, I guess the the challenge with running an agile environment is that there's a transfer of power. Yes. And so as a leader, it kind of makes you a little bit confused. Well, what do I do now? What's my role? Yeah. And so so I think the benefit from my perspective is kind of for us as a team to talk about well how can we stay relevant yeah enable the to team be able to do the servant leadership which we've that's right get the right balance between being a servant and then also you know holding people accountable for results mm-hmm. yeah. so you basically created this menu of development options so how frequently do you do that kind of update or expansion of your ideas LSI last week, you've got another one in what, a couple of weeks? So it's a, it's a new leadership team, so we're probably focusing a little bit more than I normally would. Um, uh, so I think that'll be it for this year. Next cool. year we'll... Yeah, because you don't want to tip it over to the point no. where all we're doing is learning about management and not That's right. doing it. That's right. Yeah, so I think, I mean, the priority right now is is operating in in quite a traditional Environment. Yeah. I mean, government, state government. You have been around a long time. Yeah. Yeah, but I think it's 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 working well, and I think that the organisation is responding very positively to the changes we're making. I think people are fascinating, fascinated. They don't, they don't really, I don't know that they know exactly how it works, but they're definitely very interested to, to find out, which is a good thing. So you're essentially pioneering. Yes. Kind of I think so, yeah, a little bit to a certain extent with known techniques, so yeah, it's yeah, fine. Yeah. Yeah. So we talk about how you work smarter and faster. Uh, we've talked a little bit about people models, like you're talking about LSI, you're talking about um, the transactional analysis. Are there any other models like Myers-Briggs or DISC or any of those things that you use to kind of understand how people function in your career? Mm, I don't really, yeah, I guess... No, no. I think actually, I like people as people, and I oh, think yeah. just recognizing the the strength of diversity is really important. Mm-hmm. So I guess we probably, I personally focus a lot less on like a Myers Briggs versus a DISC. I think I guess I don't know that I get as much personally. I don't see the same level of value yeah. um, as what you can get out of I just guess listening just listening to people and and setting up an environment where. I think people feel safe that they can kind of speak up and mm-hmm. and sort of take control of their own destiny. Yeah. Psychological yeah. safety is a big word right now in mm. management literature in terms of what I'm reading. And trust, um, yeah. How do you build that psychological safety and trust? Yeah. How do you build psychological safety and trust? I think I, I, I tend to just be myself. I think 
um, with this, what you see is what you get. I think I'm fairly, um, pretty transparent with people in terms of, of my objectives of, of the intention here at RMS or, or even in my previous roles. Um, I think it's about setting a really clear strategy around how you're going, where you're going to go and then having some values in terms of how you're going to get there. Um, and so, you know, I, I, I don't ever assume that people trust me Right. Personally, right. I think um, it's definitely, yeah, so I feel like I'm, um, you know, the value of having the the, um, the biannual sessions with the team is to build those relationships. I think it's important to know everyone in the team. So you do those biannuals with all 60 people? Yeah. Pretty much? Mm-hmm. Plus or minus contractors and... Yeah, well, I haven't... That's, that's a... That's I've prioritised the permanent people at this stage, but I will start yeah. meeting with contractors mm-hmm. because I think they definitely bring a different perspective I think having been with a number of different clients I think it's really useful to get their insights as to how we're working how effective we are things we can do differently so talk to me are there any lessons in your career that you've learned you're like I will never do that again because it's taught me this or I'll always do that because it taught me something yeah I think um just because you succeed in one organisation with a certain approach doesn't mean you will succeed in the next one. Um, so I think that, you know, sometimes, um, and with my last role, I think, you know, I definitely didn't, ex- didn't achieve what I'd hoped to achieve within that role. Mm-hmm. Um, but sometimes I think the stars are just not aligned yeah, and the cards aligned. are stacked against you. And, and you just can't do it. Yeah, and, and I think so, that, so that's probably one part is just sort of giving yourself a bit of, cutting yourself a bit of slack to realise that, you know, you, you don't always have all the answers to oh, resolve okay. a certain yeah, issue. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, I think, look, I'm constantly learning. I mm-hmm. think that's, I think that, you know, I make mistakes all the time. It's kind of. Part yeah. of the fun, right? Essentially, is do you do you learn from the mistakes? Yeah, or just keep on making the same yeah. mistakes over. Yeah. And, the, and the thing that I sort of say to the team is, we're all on a journey here. Mm-hmm. So, um, just because I might be running the the function doesn't necessarily mean that I'm not learning as well. So, <laughs> you know, I, yeah. I genuinely really, you know, I really. Uh, appreciate all the feedback that the team gives me, even if it's not welcome, at least they're giving me something. Right? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, so what about explaining, so certainly in this organisation where things are changing rapidly yeah. and there's a kind of a change management in terms of creating a team in this world, but there's also change management in terms of the people who interface with that data and that. How do you explain these complex concepts and this change? What do you go to to change to ch- explain that kind of stuff to stakeholders and uh, in your world? That's a good question. I think the first thing is, like, it takes a lot of patience. Mm -hmm. I think the fact is, is you know, we're speaking a different language Mm -hmm. and I think that we need to recognise the fact that we're the newcomers, Mm -hmm. um, which means we need to work at delivering the message. it kind of means, I guess, for me, um, I've had to accept that I can't take the organisation, um, uh, you know, jump. Right. It's, from, it's got to be, they've got to be organisationally ready to that's right. actually even accept yeah. the information. So it's a, it's a bit of a journey yeah. and I think that it starts with one step and then mm-hmm. another and then another. So I think at this stage our main focus is on really um, 
uh, democratizing data. Yes. So the big the big challenge with inroads and maritime previously has been this. Um, it's very federated. Um, there's definitely pockets of data spread all over the place and it's really inconsistent as to who can get access to what. And so a big priority right now is just on giving people access to the data and giving them all the support we possibly can to, to clear um, hurdles that have previously gotten in their way. Yeah, so, so I imagine there's two sides to that. There's the people who have the data right now who didn't want to give it to you yeah. or don't want to continue to give it to yeah. you. And then the people who are suddenly like, oh, but I, I get to see this stuff that's yeah. actually very useful for what I do. Yeah. Um, have you got different approaches? Do you, do you uh, leverage the people who've been here for a while and have the relationships? Do you make new relationships? What do you I think do? It's, a, it's a bit of everything. So there's definitely people within within my group now who've got a lot of experience within Roads of Maritime mm-hmm. um, and they're like they're, they're gold, mm-hmm. yeah, like their insight into the past and how to overcome certain challenges has been really helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of the time it's really just kind of taking the emotion out of the problem and focusing on the benefits to the business. Oh, yeah. how do you take the emotion out of the problem? What are your techniques for doing? I guess so. If you look at and my board's just over there. So yeah. if you look at the board, the backlog of work that the team's got to work on, mm-hmm. um, the question that we ask ourselves all the time is, okay, which of these things are going to deliver a step change improvement for people on the right. roads? Um, and, and that's that, how you prioritise. That very quickly makes it quite clear what's important mm-hmm. versus what's not. Um, and that's an interesting question because it's not what's going to make it easy for my stakeholders internally in the organisation, but what's going to make it easy for the customer. On the road. That's right. It's a very different question. It is. I imagine you had some struggle even establishing that question is the key. Question. I think we're still establishing that. <laughs> right. I think it's it's a big change. Yeah. I mean, you sort of take for granted working. Like I've worked in a lot of very very customer focused organisations, mm-hmm. and you, you really take for granted, you know, what it means to be in a customer focused organisation. And I think Roads and Maritime has this massive ambition to be customer focused. And so, you One know, you've got to kind of acknowledge that, you know, we're going to start by being customer focused ourselves, mm-hmm. but we need to respect the fact that not everyone is playing the same game mm-hmm. and that those people eventually will come on the journey. And mm-hmm. so our focus is just make it as easy as we can for them. So, um, so I think, you know, highlighting the impact that it has on an end user of the yes. roads is really important. I think the other thing is, is probably not getting bogged down in a philosophical sort of discussion as mm-hmm. to whether or not something is going to add value. Mm-hmm. Sometimes the fastest way to resolve it is to just give people what they want, yeah. um, help them see whether it was really valuable, and then next time maybe they'll trust you a little bit more. Ah, yeah. so give them what they want, even though you think it may have limited value. Well, sometimes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but sometimes we think that there's limited value, and it turns out to be the most valuable thing ever. And so, oh, okay, so you can't. Nobody can see the future. No, no. <laughs> and I think, I think, um, yeah, I learnt that lesson a long time ago. I remember working for ING, and we were running these bonus rate campaigns to attract more deposits. And I was, you know, as a young analyst, hugely cynical. And then, turned out that that ended up being the best thing that we had ever done. Yeah. And you know, attracted billions of dollars. And so, you know. You can't no, no matter how much you think you know, yeah. um, the fact is is that somebody knows better, yeah. and and you just don't know what to expect, yeah. and that's the excitement. And so, really focus on the numbers. Mm-hmm. If you can't give clear, measurable reasons as to why you shouldn't do something, then you're best off just supporting and mm-hmm. and 
learning from that and actually we might find really good things that we just didn't expect huh. yeah cool that's a that's true absolutely true. Yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah the other thing we do is i think we definitely um we'll work with our stakeholders and give them a bit of control and so yes they've got the option to if they want to prioritize a certain piece of work we'll support them in doing that mm-hmm. yeah even if it doesn't necessarily align with the it's the best highest priority if they think it's high priority you will it's their highest priority. It's their high priority. So yeah. we got to support them. And, yeah. you know, like it's all one team here. we yeah, got to yeah. support our colleagues. And that means that it might mean that yeah. we support them in, in failing and that's okay because as a group we learn from that. So it's yeah. kind of just be human and yeah. pay attention to what yeah. they want and yeah. help them get what they want. Yeah. And they become more like pussycats and less like tigers. I don't know. I don't know they become like pussycats, but I think definitely people well, appreciate like, the support. The less yeah. like tigers and more like pussycats doesn't mean they actually become <laughs> pussycats. <laughs> yeah, maybe not. Yeah, yeah, it's like there's degrees of tiger. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, is there any advice you give to a young analyst uh, looking for a job or doing education right now in terms of what they should focus on and think about? think that like the most important thing is to put yourself in the seat of the person across from you so um i think being an analyst is i think it's really hard because you kind of have to work with people understand their needs translate that into a technical solution go get the solution come back and hopefully that you hit the mark and and i think more often than not i think especially in my early in my career i can absolutely say that i was really, really ineffective and <laughs> gave people half of what they were looking for. Right. Um, and so I think the best the best experience I could have gotten was actually stepping out of being an analyst and doing a marketing role for a few months. Mm-hmm. And um, so, so I, I definitely... Did you that for how long I did do that for like for six months. Yeah. 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 Um, and what did that teach you? I walked in the shoes of my stakeholders. Yeah. It was awful. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who wants to be this person? Yeah. It's kind of, you know, like you... You ask for a square peg and you get a round something or other. Is yeah. that, um, that swing yeah. picture? I'll put I don't know the picture. swing, yeah. And it's like what the uh, what the client asked for, what the analyst designed, what yeah. we actually gave them. That's right. And each one is a different Definitely, thing. yeah. So I think putting, putting yourself in the, in the shoes of your colleagues is really important. Um, and actually, even now, that's what I'm sort of thing we're working through at, at the moment. So setting up a completely new environment in the cloud, um, you know, it's really innovative, it's exciting, it's new. I think most organisations are still taking quite a traditional approach. Um, but, you know, everyone's got an opinion about how it should happen faster, mm-hmm. smoother. And so, you know, what I'm trying to do is actually to give the problem back to those people who think it should be done differently and and hopefully they'll develop a deeper appreciation or we might learn something new which somebody hasn't thought about before so it's i think it's a bit of a win-win um but yeah so i think for any for anybody starting out in analytics i think the first thing is just be prepared to put yourself in the shoes of somebody else and i think the second thing is just um it's a great industry and i think it's a really rewarding role Mm -hmm. um um, but you've got to give yourself time so you know I've got people who I've worked with for years and years and, you know, you see them go through a journey and, and um, I think what, what I really appreciate is that generally people focus on the excitement of the, of the job um, 
and the rewards seem to just come with that anyway. Mm-hmm. So it's good. And talking about managing meetings, if you have a meeting going sour, how do you put it back on track or do you not? What do you do? I call it. Okay. Yeah, so, so I guess... Um, so you actually say this meeting's gone awry? Yeah, I just sort of say it's just, this isn't working. We're not getting to where we need to go. Um, I think, and, that, and that's the challenge, right? I think from a as a as a leader, it's very difficult because you sort of need to balance that need to give the team enough um, freedom to to take the conversation where it needs to go, and balance that with the need to keep things on track and and get outcomes. Um, so. I probably call it more than I should, but I guess that's just my disproportionate focus on mm. I like to get outcomes yes. and if I feel like we're getting off track, then yeah, I'm keen to just focus on what's the problem we're trying to solve. And do people usually find that refreshing? What, do they get aggressive? What's the, I mean, different people don't environments? Get a, people don't get aggressive. And if people, generally if people have a problem with it, they tell me and that's okay and, <laughs> and I just back in my box and that's yeah. fine. <laughs> so... Um, yeah, so I think there's a healthy tension there to yeah, a certain yeah. extent. Yeah, yeah. Um, and generally it kind of, I think it does, sometimes you just need to call it. Mm-hmm. It's the, there's either there's a communication issue, we're going too far down into the weeds, we've lost sight of what's important. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so, so yeah, I definitely, mm-hmm. definitely like to, I don't like to see things drag on. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, so, is there anything else you want to tell me before I ask you the final question? No. Uh, my final question is, what's your favourite charity? Favourite charity? It's kind of out of a bit left field. Yeah. I think, I think, uh, I think the Black Dog Institute is probably, okay. yeah, yeah it's, nice. it's, it's my favourite one. I think that depression is a really, is a really big deal to a lot of people. Mm. I think I feel very fortunate, I, you know, I haven't personally suffered from, from those sorts of issues, but I know a lot of people who have, mm. and I think it's debilitating. I think it's, like, very difficult. Um, so, yeah. I think and it's, it's smart people and... It can impact anyone. Not smart yeah. people, but the smart ones are terrible when they're depressed because they're think, so well, good at. <laughs> Yeah, I think it's not just smart people. Mm. It's kind of, you know, I think I think there's so many people out there where, um, you know, I think life just gets on top of you, right? Yeah, and it's, totally. And it's very, and, and you don't see a way out. And I think, um, so yeah, mm. so I think any charities that are focusing on on the important issue of depression, I yeah, think yeah. It's, it's really important. Cool, excellent. David, thank you so much for, for sharing your the insights of your brain with me today. Um, it has been wonderful. Yes, thank you. Thanks for your time. This is Cindy Tonkin. I'm the consultant's consultant, and you've been listening to Smarter Data People. This is part of what I do to understand how it is that data scientists can be more effective in the workplace, smarter, faster and nicer. And if you have a team and you're finding them harder to manage than they could be, if you're constantly trying to squeeze more out of your budget and out of their time, and if you've got stakeholders or they've got stakeholders who are less than happy sometimes, maybe a lot more than sometimes, it can be really annoying and it can make you feel incompetent. I can help you help them 
get to the important problems faster, target the wasted time and save you time and money, and ultimately delight stakeholders so that you can feel competent again. It's such a good feeling. Talk to me.